this is a significant feast, the presentation of the Lord. And it's been a long day and I'm tired, so buckle up because I have no idea where this sucker's going. <clears throat> no, I do, kind of. Why is this so significant? Okay, so we have lots of readings, right? Old Testament reading, New Testament reading, then the gospel. The Old Testament reading is from the prophet Malachi. Thus says the Lord God, Lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And then here's the key part. And suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek. This is what the people are waiting for. Because in the time of Elijah, the, the Lord leaves the temple. The temple in Jerusalem is the absolute center. It's not just a cultural center. It's the heart of the, the people. And they believe that God dwelt in that temple, in the Holy of Holies. The high priest would go in once a year, only once a year, to go into that place and offer sacrifice. And every other time, it was veiled off. It was closed off. Well, the Lord departs. Read Elijah, the prophet. The Lord departs. He leaves. And the people get conquered. And the temple gets destroyed. And when it's rebuilt, it's rebuilt in anticipation for this prophecy to be fulfilled, the Lord will come to the temple suddenly. But it's the Lord, and it's the Lord of the Old Testament who cannot be seen, who no man can look on and live. So this powerful God is going to return and then reestablish in a right way the proper order that Israel would be a light to the nation, that all the nations, all the tribes of the world would stream toward Israel and learn from them who the real God is. Well, this is the fulfillment, this gospel. Suddenly the Lord does come to the temple. But the beautiful surprise, which should give us all such a smile on this feast, is that this all-powerful God comes as a cute little baby. That it's this little child. And only the people who are attuned rightly to God recognize him. Because Mary and Joseph, they're just doing what the law asks them to do. Every firstborn is consecrated to the Lord. So they consecrate Jesus to the Lord, following the law of Moses. They offer, and it's a significant detail, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, according to the dictate in the law of the Lord. That's the lowest you could offer. They're poor. They got nothing. They're like college students who got married and had a kid. They have no money. <laughs> they got nothing. So it's these two poor, seemingly insignificant people who bring in this little baby. And that's how God makes his return to the temple. What an awesome thing. And it's in our opening prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, we humbly implore your majesty that just as your only begotten son was presented on this day in the temple in the substance of our flesh. So by your grace, we may be presented to you with minds made pure. That phrase, in the substance of our flesh, is what is the absolute game changer. 
because in the Old Testament, God is pure spirit. But in the fullness of time, God reveals himself in the mystery of the word made flesh. In the substance of our flesh, God enters the temple. And you know what that means for us? That means that we have a place in the house of God. That we do. That a human being who also happened to be God, Jesus who was fully God and fully man, entered the temple, entered the house of God and said, I'm here. So we have a place. We have a place in the house of God. In the substance of our flesh. That's why this beautiful reading from Hebrews should give us such great confidence. Since the children share in blood and flesh, Jesus likewise shared in them. Jesus is one with us. He's with us. He's our brother as well as our Lord and our God and our Savior. He is with us. He doesn't despise our humanity, broken though it is, wounded though it is. He loves it. Jesus is the great lover of humanity. Your humanity in all of its aspects, the good, the broken, the part that radiates holiness and shines brightly and the part that's darkened and maybe even devastated by sin. Jesus loves it all. Because the part that is good and radiates holiness, he smiles upon and he elevates it even more. And the part that's broken, that's darkened or even devastated by sin, he comes to heal. And he says, that's not who you are. I want you fully alive. I want you fully human. Don't think for a second that sin is human. We say that all the time. Oh, I'm only human to justify our sins. That's not true. Sin is the alien intrusion into the human heart. It ought not be there because we're created in the image and likeness of God who's holy. So Jesus comes close to us. He's with us. And I love these lines. The letter to the Hebrews is amazing. Surely he did not help angels, but rather the descendants of Abraham. If he wanted angels as his main collaborators on this earth, perfect, he could do it. They're pure spirit. He would never need to become flesh. But the word became flesh and dwelt among us because he came to help us, descendants of Abraham, humans, flesh and spirit. We're that beautiful mix. And Jesus loves it. He loves our humanity and he prepares it for his divinity. So what does he do? He had to become like his brothers and sisters in every way that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest before God to expiate the sins of his people. See, when he goes into the temple, he goes both as God returning to the temple and also as the real high priest, the high priest. And the high priest is the representative of the people. So he's one of us, so we have a representative. That's why what happens on this altar is so significant. It's Jesus, the high priest, who offers himself both as priest and victim. That's what's going on on the cross. Jesus is priest. He's making the sacrifice, but he's also victim. He is the sacrifice. And he offers himself on the cross, and then he gives himself 
in the representation of the sacrifice of Calvary that happens on that altar. It's so amazingly significant. But he does that for us so that we would have a home in God's house in heaven. And that to enter into that does not mean to leave behind your humanity, but rather to embrace it in its fullness and to welcome the one who can heal our humanity. We will not leave behind our humanity in heaven and somehow become pure spirits. Nope. We receive a resurrected body because our Lord, who's fully divine and also fully human, rose from the grave in his body. And he ascended into heaven in his body. And he intercedes for us at the right hand of the Father in his body. Human nature exists at the right hand of the Father to intercede for our humanity which changes everything. I love it. Jesus is the great lover of your humanity. And that's the feast we celebrate today. That he's so close to us. This passage from Hebrews finishes this. Because he himself was tested through what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. You see, he understands that it's not easy to be human. He understands that this is a battleground before we get to heaven, that we're tested, we're tempted, we're tried. It's hard. But he understands it because he embraced it. And my friends, he embraces you and your struggles. That's why we're so fundamentally hope-filled because Jesus is one with you. He's right beside you. The only way we screw this up, friends, is if we turn our backs to him and try to do it ourselves. If we simply say, Jesus, you can help me in my testing and in my temptation. You can help me because I know you love my humanity. Then it all changes. He's like, thank you. I am with you. I am right beside you. And I love you. And I can work. I'll elevate what is radiant in holiness in you already and all heal and bring my mercy to bear upon what is darkened and maybe even devastated by sin. And his light cannot be conquered by darkness. Let that light enter your heart tonight. The real temple, as I said at the beginning of Mass, it's not in Jerusalem, it's not in Rome, it's not in All Saints Chapel. The real temple that Jesus wants to enter is right here, your heart and mine. Let's welcome him as our Lord and our King and as a little child. What a gift that he loves us so much.